you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Take your Bible if you have it. <clears throat> if you are one of those first-time guests today, we, we have a tendency every week to go to this and uh, try our best to read this and then try our best to live this. And uh, with God's grace, by the help of the Holy Spirit, we believe we can do it. Some people are like, man, we'll never be able to do it. Nah, not alone, but with the help of the Holy Spirit and God's grace, there's nothing that can't be done. So uh, I want you to do this. Uh, if you don't have the Message Bible, I'm going to read the opening text, two verses today in, in that. So if you don't have that, uh, don't turn to that. Read, watch the screen because it will mess you up trying to read yours and, and, and listen to that. So, uh, But you can do this. If you have anything similar to New King James, anything outside of that, you'll probably be able to follow along in the book of uh, John. So you can uh, turn there to John chapter 4, and um, we'll do that. So John chapter 4, Acts 2. For those who, uh, who maybe have a message Bible, so, uh, and then we'll jump into this thing today. Look over at your neighbor and say, man, you look good today. <clears throat> if you don't have a neighbor sitting beside you, look to me and tell me, man, you look good. <laughs> tried, man. I tried. I tried. I tried. And we have folks from way outside the atmosphere. What state you guys... Michigan. We have Michigan here today. Can we show some love to Michigan? <laughs> and uh, they, um, you know, they're not going to go back after hanging out with this good Southern folk. And, uh, and uh, we'll just sh- show them some love. And uh, y'all show them some love. But uh, so that's how we do it. But Acts chapter 2, verses 23 and 24 in the Message Bible. I did. For later. But right now, Acts chapter 2, verse 23, in the Message Bible. See, y'all don't listen. Y'all hear what you want to hear. You gra- I've been gone one week, Pastor Rapp, and you just let them follow. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> John chapter 4, for those who will get there in a minute, Acts chapter 2, verses 23, 24, in the Message Bible, for those Message Bible folks. So if you don't have that, that's the one you watch on the screen. So, so y'all act like y'all doubting me. We video this stuff now. I, we put the tape back. I'll show you, man. So, but uh, but uh, <clears throat> Acts chapter 2, verse 23 and 24, the Message Bible says this, and I love it. It's really cool. It says, this Jesus. How much are you thankful for Jesus? Oh, man, I'm so thankful for Jesus. Je- this Jesus, following the deliberate and well-thought-out plan of God, was betrayed by men who took the law into their own hands and was handed over to you. And you pinned him to the cross, to a cross, and killed him. Love 24. It says, but God untied the death ropes and raised him up, and death was no match for him. Son, give God something for that right there. Just give him a little something <clears throat> just for that. That's cool, man. God untied the death ropes, raised him up, and death was no match for him. Can we pray, and then we'll jump into this stuff today. God, thank you today for... Just uh, an opportunity just to get back up here and share your word with, uh, with your people. God, thank you for our church family, Lord. Thank you for what's happening in our church and the testimonies that are be coming as a result, Lord, of your love and your grace. And uh, we just ask you today, God, to just one more time show us a greater glimpse of you. Let your word right now come alive in our hearts, God. And uh, we pray our focus will be off of us on you. And, Lord, as a result of that, our needs get met. 
And uh, we just pray today, God, just for a spirit of worship in this room. You're the only one who wor who's worthy of it. You're the only one who deserves it. And God, today, the best we can help us to just show you, Lord, our love and our worship to you. God, we thank you for that today. Give you glory for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look over at your neighbor and say, I love you. I just, man, I just, <clears throat> I felt that. Man, I felt love go forth <clears throat> as we did that today. So, um, but as I said, it is good to be back in here today. And, and a couple of weeks ago, back on Resurrection Sunday on Easter, we kicked off a series called Intentional. And so uh, we, we looked at the life of how God was very intentional in what he, he did. Even in our text today, we see the deliberate plan, the well-thought-out plan of Jesus coming to earth and uh, taking on the form of man. And, and uh, we learned during the Intentional series that, that God has this unique plan for each of us, which we're going to dig into in a couple of weeks and really begin to unfold. And I believe God's going to do this during that time. I believe he's going to speak directly to some of you who have at this point right now no idea what's the next plan. What's, what am I supposed to do next? Where I turn from here? What, which direction do I go? What do I do? I believe God's going to begin to reveal some stuff to you in the, in the upcoming weeks. And I believe this today is going to be a connector to that. Because today we're going to talk about worship. And we're going to talk about being intentional in our worship. And you will see that through worship as we begin to encounter Jesus, as we begin to get this picture of him, it's during that time he begins to reveal himself. So it's going to start this week, and it's going to carry on as God begins to show you some stuff. Who's at a place right now who maybe needs that? I just need God to speak to me. I need, I need him just to speak to my heart. I need a word from God. I need him just to open up, and he will do that to you. And I believe this is going to be a connector today. And I, I hope that you'll even see worship in a different light in what happens and how we do it, but intentional. Look at, by definition, the word intentional, and uh, it is this. It is an action performed with awareness, done deliberately, consciously, on purpose. All right, just let that get in you just one second. Just, just let that settle. It's an action performed with awareness, done deliberately, consciously, and on purpose, and, and, and as we begin to see this, we are called to be intentional in worship. He was very intentional with the plan that he had for us. He was very intentional when he came and gave his life for you. He was very intentional in those things. And so we should be too. We should make forth the same effort in life. We should begin to be intentional in what we do. And when we throw out a word like worship for some of you, and it's okay, I want you to just give me just a little bit of feedback for just a minute. When you hear the word worship, what comes to mind? Just somebody tell me. Some of y'all, nothing? I mean, y'all really need this message today. All right, what? <clears throat> Intimacy, I like that. That's cool. Thankfulness. Praise. Uh, okay, what else? Identify. Y'all are spiritual. Y'all, I mean, y'all deep. Y'all good. Okay, all right. I heard something. Singing. Okay, good. That, that was, that was, that was, that's, I think we would probably at some point today, if we were honest, that's kind of what kind of will come to our mind. I think those are connectors, intimacy, and those times of refreshing and identifying. All those things happen as a result of that. But a lot of times we do this. We want to put this picture in mind of what worship is. Okay, you know, we, 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 we get in our mindset that I'm going to go to church to worship. Um, uh, I, I'm going I'm to go do this, and, and you do. 
I, I hope in no way after this message today you think that what we do before I preach, you know, in any way is, is not worship. It's huge. It is a big deal. It is what happens during those times. It sets an atmosphere for the word to come forth. Uh, it is during that time. But a lot of times we want to just say, well, worship is a style of music, and, and, and that varies. And that's huge. I mean, that's this big, large spectrum. I mean, there are people that worship to, to music with, a, with, with words only, rap, and maybe just a drum beat. There are people who worship with southern gospels and, and type styles of music and twangs and banjos. And viol- I mean, and, and there are people who, who worship more in, in this rock-type mode of method and worship and, and all those things. And, and how many knows you can worship in all those, day, all those ways? But we have to be very careful because a lot of times we'll say, if that's not my style, well, that's not worship. You've got to be very careful. But when you do that, we have to be very open to what, to what God is, is, is wanting to use. He'll use anything. For me, I mean, I, there's some of the stuff I've listened to, you know, is word-based, heavy, strong stuff, and it's there in that time that I worship. Worship is a cool thing. And we need to learn to be very intentional in our worship and, and see that it's not this style of music. And, and before this message is over with, I hope that you'll grab hold of the fact that it is what we do during this time, but it's so much more. Because if you get in your mind that you can only do it on Sunday, you miss Monday through Saturday, the biggest majority point of your life. We come in here for two hours on Sunday, hour and a half, or maybe even get together and study the Word on Wednesday. If you, if you somehow think that worship can only happen here, the enemy will use that, pull you out of encounters that you can experience Jesus and God in a new light, and then you'll miss so much of life. So the first thing I want you to do is just to erase from your mind that you have to do worship only in this building. Erase that. Get it out of your mind. Don't think that it is the only place. Now, it is this, and I look forward to it. Very much so. I love to get together and worship corporately with my church family. It's awesome. I, to me, that it, it creates a, it, this, this thing in the spirit, man. It is so cool. And we, we've seen God do stuff. We were sitting at a table last night, and somebody began to share that they're coming up on their one-month anniversary of a healing that happened about, about a month ago in this service during worship. They had carried this thing for years to where they could only just eat and then were sick every time they ate. They said now since God healed their body, ever since then, for now for a month, they've been able to eat pain-free, no sickness, nothing now for a month. That happened during worship. It happened during this time that we come together, and, and it's when we get in this place. But it is so much more than just what happens here. Okay? It's so much more what happens here, but what happens here is cool. What God wants to do today in you, to you, and even as a result of that, some things through you, because of worship is going to be awesome. So be open to it today. But now, since some of you guys jumped ahead, let's go to John chapter 4. <laughs> let's go to John chapter 4. So y'all, some of y'all just got a head start. As we look at John chapter 4, I want today to just kind of, we're going to throw some stuff. I, I, again, I'd encourage you to take notes. Y'all know the statistics? What is it? A lot less likely to go to hell if you take notes. Um, I mean, just for new folks. But, uh, I'd encourage you to, unless you are a podcaster or someone who goes back and listens to this and has this on your 
iPod, phone, wherever it is, you need to take notes and, and, and get this stuff in you. But today, I want to talk for just a few minutes on the who, the what, the when, the where of worship. Can we do that? Are y'all okay with that? All right. All right. John chapter 4, I want to just for just a few minutes unpack a story in the Bible of what I believe that reveals some of the most powerful truths of worship. Love this story. I love what is shown in here and, and some of the things that we see. I, I hope we'll open up your eyes in just a little bit different light as we begin to see what worship is. Uh, John chapter 4, verse 1, this is where Jesus encounters this woman at the well. Anybody ever heard the story? Go to Sunday school? Okay. All right. Been to church. This is a story. Open up your eyes and ears and maybe let the Lord speak to you in a little bit different light through this. But verse 1 says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus uh, made and baptized more disciples than John, though, himself, though Jesus himself did not uh, baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. All right? Just, just for a second, just think about this. I'm not real good on ge ge geography. Is that the word? Directions? Is that, I can't even pronounce it, much less do well at it. I mean, probably have a difficult time without some GPS getting to Michigan and back, you know. Have a hard time getting to Simpsonville back sometime. Not as bad as her, but I mean, but I have a difficult time sometime. But, but I, I don't know. I've been told by some scholars that this really wasn't even a route. He kind of kind of even shifted off of the direct path because he needed to go to this place. All right? J just let that hit you for a moment. Jesus needed that. He needed that encounter of worship. He, he, he looked for that. He longed for that. And he began to pull himself in that direction. And verse 4 said he needed to go through Samaria. And verse 5 says, So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. All right? So now, let's just look for a second of the when of worship. If you look at the time frame, this sixth hour was about, about they say, noontime, the 12 o'clock hour, uh, and, and, and at that time in the city, I mean, the sun is kicking down. It is hot. The Bible says that Jesus was, was weary. He was tired. He had journeyed this long way, and so he grabbed this seat at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and began to relax. Now, I want you to see, and I've hit it briefly, that you can worship anytime. The win of worship, the win of worship is not 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. That is a time to worship, but it's not the time. All right? It is just a time we can worship. You know the 8 o'clock going to school uh, in your car, you can worship? You know it's even possible parents taking your kids to school? Maybe a little more difficult, but it's possible. I mean, it, it, it can happen. I mean, you can have those encounters. You know, at work, when everything is getting on your nerves and people is driving you crazy and you're at this place to where you just want to, you know, you can worship. 
It's not, it's, it's not just this little certain time at those Sunday morning that we just get together. Anytime you can worship. I love the story. I was talking to some of the AV team before, before church, and, and they had come in here this week and had been working on some video and audio stuff and been trying to get some things in place. And they were working on the computers. They had our worship team that was playing over the loudspeakers and were just listening to that as they was working. One of the guys looks back at the other guys while they're supposed to be working on the computers, and he was Y'all can probably figure out who that might be. <laughs> he braces out one of them. His name's Tim. But, but I mean, it, he, he was just he had come into this place, worship. Now, it happens any time. It happens any time you make the choice to go to this place. The other day in the hospital, uh, on a Thursday afternoon, I, I, I come into contact with somebody, and we began to talk, and we had the worship experiences. We just began to gather around and begin to talk about Jesus. Worship can happen anywhere, anytime. So when's, when's, the, when's worship happen? Right now? Tomorrow? Monday? I know y'all thought that was from hell. You know, like the, the tribulation starts on Monday, you know, and that's when it all begins. The great tribulation, the great, the, no, yeah, Monday on that day, you can still worship Jesus. You can come in this place where you start seeing that it does not have to be at a certain time, but any time, any place, whenever you get experienced, you can just begin to worship Jesus. So in the sixth hour at 12 o'clock, some people think at 12 o'clock we got to go. We should be already at the buffet by 12 o'clock. We should be on plate number two at 12 o'clock. Well, we do, no, 12 o'clock, you can worship Jesus. I offended some of y'all. I apologize. Verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now, you're going to have to get visual with me for just a moment to really to see this picture unfold. Think about the creator of the world. Think about the one who is the potter's hand and who has his hands and who wraps them around us and creates our life. Think about him in the form of man, weary from travel, sitting back, probably leaning up against, Bible says, by the well. Maybe his legs crossed, maybe his head, maybe the head tilted and his eyes closed in this place of relaxation. And then the story begins to unfold and things begin to happen and worship encounters begin to take place. Because in the story, this woman of Samaria came to draw water. So you've got to understand how, you know, what's going on with this lady. You think today there are racial tensions and, and in the 60s there were racial tensions. No, you, you haven't seen the racial tension that happened between the Jews and the Samaritans. The Jews would do this. They would go to church, go into the temple and pray and thank God that they wasn't a Samaritan. How jacked up is that? I mean, just think for a moment. They were coming in that place. So there was not this, there wasn't this, this intimacy. There wasn't none of these things, but Jesus had to get there. Jesus had to go to this place, and it says that she come to this place to get water. Now, I don't want to add to the story or whatever, but I want you to see the story. But just think, Jesus is laid up, head back, eyes closed, and the woman comes to the well. Now, normally what they would do during this time, a lot of it because of the heat, 
you know, they would do this early morning. In, in a lot of the third world countries, they're doing this before daybreak. I mean, they're going to the well to get this water, to get their needs met during that time. But she hesitated and she waited. The Bible says she comes at 12 o'clock. And at 12 o'clock, this lady walks up to the well, probably, and probably thinking and probably hoping that she doesn't have to see anybody because she's going to find out. Because of some of the things that have been going on in her life, she didn't want to see anybody. She didn't want to have any encounters. She didn't want anybody to see her because of some of the things that had happened in her life. And she walks up and she comes to this well. And while she's there, I, I don't know if she maybe tried to avoid making eye contact with him. I don't know if she, she maybe just tried to turn away so that he didn't see her. And then Jesus opens up his eyes. And I love red letters. You know that. He said to give me a drink. Now, you're going to find out quite a history with the fellas the Samaritan lady has. Maybe because of the history, immediately in that moment, in her mind, she began to think, yeah, I know what you're after. See, she don't know he's Jesus yet. See, when you have the wrong picture of Jesus... Some of you right now are thinking that Jesus is trying to get something from you. When you get a real picture of Jesus, you'll realize how much he's trying to get to you. You'll realize what he's trying to get into your life. And he says to do this. He says, give me this drink. And I don't know, again, we don't know what happens. She probably begins to think, yeah, he's after more than he was. He was after her heart. He was after this moment, after this encounter with her. And the scripture goes on to say that in verse 8, it says, For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. But Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Again, the right picture of Jesus understanding of what he's trying to get into your life, what he's wanting to do for you. And he's saying, if you knew who I was, you'd be the one saying, come on, give me some of what you got. And this woman said it. She says, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. <clears throat> now the question comes, you know when you can worship. Now the question for you is, who or what do you worship? Who or what today are you worship? Because here's the thing. You worship the wrong thing and it'll never satisfy you. You, you, you put your efforts because today each of us in this room are worshiping something. The word worship means worship. It's what you're showing and you're, and you're putting your efforts toward. You're showing what something is worth and what it means to you. Every person in this room is worshiping. Every morning, every person in this room gets up every day and worships. 
The, the, the question poses is, what is it that you're worshiping? Because, again, he begins to reveal this stuff. Who her, and the woman says to him, Sir, give me this water, verse 15, that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And Jesus, man, he always knows how to get to you. He says to her, go call your husband and come here. <clears throat> this is probably the point of the story where she thinks, there goes my chance. Where before, well, maybe he thought this was my second draw from the well. I come here once, and this is because I'm such a hard worker, and I've been out giving everybody my water and doing, being such a good person. Now I'm coming back. Maybe he thought this was a second time, but then, no, he begins to come in this place because he says, now do this. Go call your husband to come here. And then she has to make the decision of whether or not she's going to be honest. One of the big deals about you experiencing Jesus in worship is honesty. <clears throat> You know, sometimes we can be some of the worst folks and, and, and painting a picture or p putting on a mask and trying to get in here acting like something we're not. We can be some of the worst. Church is some of the worst folks for that. Come on. But he wants you to be honest. <clears throat> he wants you to be honest with him. She comes and now she's faced with a decision, faced with a choice where she has to answer him. And the woman answered and said, verse 17, she said that I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, and in that you spoke truth. Now, five? She apparently worshiping the wrong thing. Okay, now just because somehow she thought that it was in a man that she would get her need met. Now, y'all know, I mean, again, we just celebrated 20 years of, 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 with an anniversary, and it was such a great time to be able to go out and do that. But she can't meet only the need that Jesus has put in my heart. Now, I'm huge on relationship. I speak on it. I counsel marriage. I believe we have biblical troops and how to walk that out and how to live that life. But every person in this room has to understand that it is not the person that you lay in the bed beside at night can meet your need. Because there is another need in you that has to be fulfilled. Boy, okay. This church is a different church than I left when I when I was here. when I left Easter to come back. Y'all y'all didn't got something got quiet in y'all. Y'all didn't got scared. Boy, I don't know what it is. Five guys, five husbands, and the need never met. She's in the sixth relationship now, living with the guy. I don't know for what reason. Maybe to help pay the bills. Maybe, maybe because she's at a place where she, she's still trying to find the answer. And she said, well, Tom, J Dick, Harry, Joe, maybe now. Question becomes today, who or what are you worshiping? Some of y'all are like, I can't believe that woman married five times. I'd never do that. Now, I could probably list some things right now during this point of the message. Yeah. 
I could probably drill myself between the eyes right now and, and hit myself with some things that we have a tendency to put our work towards that will never satisfy the need in our life because Jesus said this. He says, if you drink of what I have, you'll never have to thirst again. You've been drawing from the wrong well. It, it, it doesn't matter. You can have this big abundance of something come up out of the well, but if it's the wrong well, it ain't going to satisfy you. And so in the story, she's been drawing from the wrong well. She's been looking for the wrong thing, and, and she's been trying to get her need met by some man who was never going to be able to meet her need until she meets the real man. Now, once you meet the real man, then you can get a man. Or you can get a woman. Some of y'all wondering right now, why well, I ain't got one. Meet the man first. Let God ordain your steps. He'll reveal it to you. He'll make it perfect in his time. He'll put it all in order, all in step, all in place. And it's good. Okay, it's good. Now, he's good like that. That's just a side note. But just, but just you have to go to this place to where honesty happens. Now, how do we get honest in worship? How do we get honest in worship? How do we come to this place, come to this room, and get honest and get real and come to this place and then get... It matters who you worship. It matters what you're worshiping. And uh, in the story... Jesus is good, and I, I love he makes these statements to her. And, again, she didn't tell him all this, but she, he gets to tell her, you have five husbands, one you now shut up, not your husband. I love her reply. The woman said to him in verse 19, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. You think? I mean, really? Yeah, I can just see. I don't know if Jesus chuckled. I don't know, if what, he, I don't know what he did, but I, I just imagine, you know, again, he just said, Maybe looked up at his father and, yeah, she's on to us. <laughs> and, and then this discussion opens up, verse 20. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in the Jerusalem this place is where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming. We've, we've heard this verse shared a lot, 23 and 24. The hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Remember, he had this need to go there. He had to get to this place. He was, he was seeking this moment with her. But wait a minute, she was jacked up. There's something in here that, that he was looking for. So many times we think we have to get everything together and then we can come and worship. I, I, can, I can tell a lot of times by what happens during the worship music time of our portion of our service who's had a good week, whose bills were caught up, some miracle came in the mail, and then you got it. Glory to God. I, I can tell most of the time what happened. I, I, I can tell when, when something happened and, and, you know, you got along with your, with your, with your significant other. and you, you had a decent week, and your kids got on your nerves, but not quite as much as normal. And, and I, you know, you, you, can, you can tell. This woman came in so messed up, but Jesus never pushed her away. He, 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 he never, the moment he found out, which he already knew, who she was, said, no, nah, this water's not for you then. He begins to reveal to her what worship is. And God said this, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. When you can worship any time, who or what you worship is very significant. Where you worship does not matter. 
We said it earlier, I, I, we've, I've had worship encounters all over the place. I have worship encounters in, in, at so many places. You can have worship encounters wherever you make the choice and decision to worship. It all depends on where you're at in that moment. He says to her in this place that true worship, worship in spirit and truth. Verse 25 says, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all these things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I'm slowing down a little bit today because I, I, I'm telling you, I, so many times we, we get wrapped up in this emotional state of what worship is. I'm going to show a video in just a second. And, and, and when we do, I, I, it's going to say some things and it's going to maybe challenge our, our views of what worship is, but I hope it's going to open up our eyes to some things. But, but it's going to have to come to a place where we understand today that God really does want to have this worship encounter with you, and it can happen anywhere, not just on Sunday, because how would it feel? Just think for just a minute. What, what if the where of worship was only on Sunday? What kind of relationship is that with him? What if when you're at home, you, your kids recognize you as parents, and, and this happens a lot? You know, as the kids maybe get a little bit older, thankfully ours have never done this, praise God. I, I hope this, the third one doesn't as well. But, you know, that time where when you're, where they're younger, they're coming to you and they're pulling you in and they're just, man, I'm glad you're my mama, you're, you're, you're my daddy, I, I love you. And then they get a little bit older and they say, could you drop me off maybe d before we even get to the school? Well, son, it's a mile away. You still got off. No, but could you just drop me off here? And I'm, I need to exercise. I'm trying to, you know, cut up. And, and, or, or you see this. Used to be in the mall. When you go to the mall with your family, they're having hand in hand, and they're walking together. And then they get a little bit older, and then they kind of want to just kind of slide on back. I don't know them. You see this sometimes in a relationship, and it's a real bad thing, man. At home, oh, yeah. And then outside, no, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know you. Listen, do we do that with him? We, 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 we get into the place, we come into church, we come into the building. All right, we're going to get up next to him. We're going to hold his hand, and then we, we leave, and we want to just kind of just keep him in eyesight, keep him in distance, but not really. True worship happens in spirit and in truth. And then everything begins to change in the story. And you see this shift. And in verse 27, it says, At this point, his disciples came. They marveled that he talked with a woman, yet no one said, What do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? And the woman left the water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the man, Come see a man who told me things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Worship will do this. Worship is a response to grace that will produce results in your life that will affect the lives of others. It is a response to grace that will change and affect your life, produce results, and as a result, affect the lives of others. Because look at what happened. This woman walked into this encounter five times divorced, shacked up, experienced Jesus, and look what happened as she began to leave the place. She began to walk out, and it was in that moment that she began to leave everything else behind. I thought it was very significant in the story. The Bible says, and I think it's important, that the Bible says that she left her water pot. That's why she came. 
That was the very reason and purpose that she showed up at the well that day. She came with a water pot in hand to get water, and she leaves her needs, her things, everything there. She leaves it behind. I think the water pot's significant. I think it represents some things in our life. I think it represents the weight and things that we carry. That word left is this. It's the same word that when Jesus in the Gospels came up to Simon and Andrew and found them fishing, he says, if you'll follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. And he does this. The Bible says that they left their nets. Follow Jesus. Now, this is, where it, this is where it begins to unfold. You begin to start finding out what God's called you to do, that he does have a plan for your life no matter how messed up things have been. He still has a purpose for you. It was in that place he said, follow me. They left the net. He goes down to the next set of guys, and I love it. He goes to James and John, and he says, come follow me. The Bible says that they left their father and begin to follow Jesus. question is this for you. What's in your water pipe? Today, what is it that you're here in this room with that you're carrying that will never satisfy you? What is it today that's in this room that will never meet the need that only Jesus can meet? And what I love about Jesus and what I love about the Scriptures is it doesn't matter how many times you mess it up. Some of y'all think because you've been through one bad relationship, God can't use you. Seriously, I feel like I need to minister to somebody right now. You think because it, something went wrong and you have one, and now you're less than for some reason, and then there's still no way that God can really do what he wants to do in you five times. Hanging out with six, still looking. Jesus uses her. Because she encountered Jesus and she encountered worship. And the Bible says she left everything there and she began to go out. I want to skip down and read one verse and we're going to show this video. Verse 39 says this, and it says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I had ever did. She was a first Billy Graham. <coughs> Billy Graham. And I mean, she was it before Billy Graham was ever, I mean, she, she was it. She was the first She was one of the first missionaries to go forth because she encountered Jesus. She got honest and open with him, and she became real. She let him speak into her life with everything that she was carrying. And she says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to lay it all here and follow the plan that Jesus has for my life. I love the line in that video, and it says that, you're just being invited to bring that stuff to the cross and simply gaze at Jesus. And as you look at him, allow your response to be worship. Just be real for a second. We all have our water pots, guys. We all got it. And for some of you, this is what's been happening. You've been using that thing to keep you down. That is the very thing that God wants to use to propel you. He used that to get her there. He used that to get her into the place to where she could experience him. And this is what happens when you experience him, when you see him in that way. Yes, that 
don't mean as much now. Normally at this point of service, I ask you to stand and, and I just want you to just, just sit for just a second. I, I just want you for just a moment, just bow your heads and In a second, the team's going to sing, and we're going to just spend a little time in worship. <laughs> Showing him what he's worth. And here's the deal, man. Some of you guys, I know what you've been having to carry. And I, I, don't, I don't want you to have to come here and pretend that those things aren't there. I want you to see that in a whole different way through the cross today, through grace through the Spirit of God in your life. And let today, let the thing that's been trying to hold you down, let that be the thing that God used to get you in His feet.